You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda start your day off on the right foot on the front foot with virtual coffee with the collective cafe where we mastermind we manifest we collaborate we help one another at the business of web3 or anything else that intersects whether it's culture collaboration creativity innovation disruption entrepreneurship or coaching so give us a subscribe bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe good morning good morning everyone i am doing a horrible job horrible horrible of multitasking um, but having fun. Am I really having fun? No, I'm not having fun. Um, I was trying to find the image of burning a bridge and mending a bridge at the same time. Like this, I guess this alternative reality. Um, but the things that <laughs> the things that Mid Journey came up with were just too terrifying, too scary for words. Uh, there is definitely a lot of when when the AI go, when the AI comes for us, it's going to be bloody. That's all I'm telling you, um, because there's some there's some anger issues. I think there's some major 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 anger issues going on there. So I found an image which I'm going to stick into the back chat of Discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective. Remember, this is the home. The home of Alpha Collective um, is uh, is discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective. Also, the home of the Collective Cafe is there as well, which doesn't mean anything other than the fact we will continue to simulcast and we'll continue to broadcast and we'll continue to build community um, via both Clubhouse and Discord. You know, Discord is, is our home, um, but think of Clubhouse in a way as our second home or our holiday house um you know I've, I've i've done so much thinking in my life um and writing in fact i wrote an entire book on it zero um about this concept of um you know renting versus owning being a landlord versus a tenant um this idea of you know you can't build a house on rented land um i think all of that is true all of that absolutely still applies um what I'm doing is I'm trying to just consider some alternatives, uh, some other thoughts as well, which is, well, for example, um, why can't you do both? You know, um, it, it, it's, it's interesting because yesterday's session was very powerful for me, really powerful. 
Um, I just posted, by the way, the, uh, the image um, that I found in the end. Um, and, and it's in the uh, startup club, startup club house, club house, corridor house, alley, whatever the hell they call it. Uh, but it's there. It's there. Um, so that's the image I found, uh, almost like the city of the burnt bridge. The fires are still raging. Um, you know, it's still crossable, but ultimately repair has to begin. Um, I really liked yesterday's process of going through these uh, 10 ways to think about the hole, about when digging oneself into a hole. Um, I came up with more, to be honest, even afterwards. I kept thinking about it. Um, and um, it was just really helpful. Um, it's just a great way to like continue to to think about and conceptualize solutions and ex from a mind expanding standpoint i guess the point i'm trying to make um is that you know we always should hold suspend what 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 is it called suspend disbelief always hold at the back of our mind that there is a better way that there's another way that there's a new perspective that there's something we maybe overlooked or or maybe even something that we held to be true for so long for our entire lives, we actually find out now is completely not true. Um, and instead of thinking about this idea of we've been living a lie, how about just this idea of saying we now know better or we know there's a new way or how awesome is it that we can change course, that we can actually start to build or start to move in a different direction and so the whole idea of like even going back to this concept of when digging oneself into a hole, like why did we even assume it was a bad thing? Why did we even assume um, that from the get-go that digging oneself into a hole was a bad thing? Why not this idea of, of the concept of the tunnel, which was the final point, of actually being able to um, explore? What about the journey to the center of the world? What about... Um, not even so much captivity and freedom, but this idea of what a child would do. Like <clears throat> a child would would dig a hole. How many of us did this when we were young, when we were on the beach, when we were building? We dig a hole and we try and just see how deep we could build that hole because there was, there was a sense of, of wonder and excitement and curiosity and adventure. You know, the journey to the center of the world. Maybe we'd find ourselves... You know, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I figured that if we just kept on digging, we'd hit Australia at some point. That, that's what happened. The other side of the world was always Australia. Um, maybe for you in the US, it was South Africa, which is where I started digging from. And so, you know, in a way, reclaiming or reframing the hole itself is the plus one, is the final aha moment that comes out of the exercise. So <clears throat> today... Um, I want to talk to you about an incident that happened to me a long time ago. It's kind of haunted me. Um, it's a little bit of a trauma. Um, and, and going through an exercise um, through this positivity, uh, this idea of positive intelligence, PQ, um, confronting my saboteur, confronting you know the, the, the moment, visualizing it, the sights, the sounds, the smells, almost like hypno self-hypnosis. Um, and then thinking about alternative realities. Um, it is not that traumatic, um, but it was kind of traumatic to me, and, and you'll see why. So I sold my company, Crayon, back in, I guess, 2010, shortly, you know, at the same time when Flip the Funnel came out. Life was great. It was probably the best, uh, professionally, the best time of my life. Sold a company, um, you know, absorbing into a new company, new book coming out, um, support for the first time, a marketing department. Um, but I had an earnout. And uh, and I'd never experienced the idea of an earnout before. So I was, you know, I was on the hook. I was on the hook for um, the ability to hit a quota. It wasn't just for me, it was for all the people from Crayon that made it over. There weren't too many of us. I think there were three or four of us that that ended up making it over. Um, and we won a piece of business and and I was very proud of that business. It represented a good chunk of revenue in terms of my earnouts. Now, I, I, 
I thought long and hard about I'm, I'm not going to mention the brand because it's not necessary to. Um, but here's the dynamic. The chief marketing officer of this company, and I guess they were, they were certainly a public company, definitely, possibly Fortune 500 company. The chief marketing officer of that company was South African. Um, he wasn't just South African, he was a Jewish South African. I'm Jewish South African too. And so there was a connection. We knew many of the same people. Like we, there was a real connection. There was real chemistry. There was a real, um, you know, like we had degrees of separation. I would say degrees of Kevin Bacon, but that's not kosher. And, um, and so he um, was part of, you know, like, like we built a relationship. He didn't just give me the business. It wasn't charity, um, but it was definitely an in. We probably beat a couple of other agencies to win the business too, to do their social media. Now, the person that worked for him, our day-to-day client, um, was someone from my own network and social media circles. I actually helped her get her job. Now, I think there's an important caveat because when we go back and we replay story, we we often have a tendency to almost um, rewrite history in our own eyes or rewrite history in, in, a, in a better light, in a light that would favor us. Um, there's selective remembering. There is selective um, recall. It's possible I didn't help her get a job. I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, I definitely played a part in it, but probably you know where I have to open up a possibility is that you know whilst I'd like to take the the complete uh, whilst I'd like to take complete um, uh, credit for it, it's probably a little um, naive at best and kind of narcissistic at worst um, to believe that I was you know the the savior here the linchpin. Um, but I definitely played a role in it. So now you've got the big boss and our day-to-day who's senior, director level. <clears throat> and and I definitely feel like I have um, more than just an in with him. I have a strong personal connection. <clears throat> anyway, I here's, here's where I'm a little, um, uh, it's a little kind of confusing for me. I don't believe that I was actually there with them at the time, although I could have been. But I'm pretty sure that I'm 99% certain at this point, but there's still that little bit of doubt that I was there. I think we were just calling in um, and it was a conference call. It was a check-in. I think it might have been actually our first um, connection post-winning the business. So it was almost like a kick-up, kick-off call. And I remember kind of prepping for it and having a whole agenda and I'd sent it to my contact who, you know, our day-to-day, our main client, and she hadn't been that responsive. And I wanted her to, you know, to, to, I wanted to collaborate. I wanted to, is this, is this good? Do you like this? Any input? Did I leave anything out? <clears throat> and so because it was a kickoff call, <clears throat> excuse me, and I was under the guise that it was a kickoff call, you know, we had a, a huge, group on our end, maybe a huge, I don't know, six, eight, nine, I can't recall, in the conference room. I was leading the call and we started off and there's some pleasantries and and <clears throat> I probably could sense that there's something felt a little off and immediately she just dived into a, um, well, as you know, um, you know, times are a little challenging at the moment. You may have seen this announcement from us, blah, blah, blah. There was something like that. Um, anyway, um, it's, been a, it's been a gut-wrenching morning. Um, you're the sixth agency that we've had to inform that we're just uh, not going to be able to move forward. Um, and then they said, right now you should have a fax or maybe it was an email, I can't recall, um, you know, documenting the clause in the contract or, 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 or a signature or our something in writing. And I just remember feeling completely blindsided, just completely blindsided. The, I'm trying to recall the emotions, the, 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 the humiliation, the embarrassment, the, the shock, the surprise, the, 
the despair, the just all these emotions at the same time. Um, I feel like I couldn't even breathe properly. There were young people in the room. There were people coming in expecting to kick off something and now losing the, losing the business. They might even lose their jobs. And, <clears throat> you know, in that moment, um, which felt like a lifetime, but it also probably lasted a second, um, I guess now I had two choices. One choice was, well, maybe three. We'll talk about the third choice later. But the first choice was to do what everyone else does in the back of my head, whether it was everyone, every one of my bosses, every, <clears throat> you know, author of every book, don't burn bridges, don't burn bridges. Uh, ironically, ironically, now that I'm thinking about it, it's funny how like life works, there is a gentleman who uh, just wrote a book. Um, his name is, well, he's, he wrote a different book. He wrote a book called Burn the Boats, um, and he's going to be on my show soon, uh, Matt Higgins, Wall Street Journal, best-selling author of Burn the Boats, executive fellow at Harvard, guest shark on Shark Tank. Um, so he's talking about burning the boats. Okay, so I was thinking like there was some burning going on, but not burning the bridges. Don't burn bridges. Live to fight another day, right? That was the choice. And that is, for the most part, how we all are. We all play the passive-aggressive shuffle. We all, you know, basically just smile and take it, you know, um, on the chin. And, and, we, and we almost like let, let ourselves get walked all over. We just, we just, we don't say anything. We just smile, grin, and bear it, right? As I said, lose the battle win the war, live to fight another day. But I didn't. I lost it, completely lost it. I was, don't know if I was shouting, screaming. Um, I think I used the words, how could you do this? How could you do this? How could you do this to me? Um, I don't know in the meeting that I actually said to her, I helped you get this job. Um, but I know it was a source of contention post where she pushed back and, and, um, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but, but I burnt, I, I burnt the bridges. I probably <clears throat> publicly humiliated them in return, maybe justifiably, I might add. Um, but I definitely, by freaking out, by not being able to contain or control my emotions, I ended up burning boats, bridges, boats. I don't know, bridges and boats, boats that go under the bridges. I've never spoken to either of them again. <clears throat> I've tried. I've tried to reach out um, just sometimes, you know, almost like the George Costanza Cosmo Kramer approach, just pretend it didn't happen. Um, I've reached out to him, the CMO again. I don't even know. I think he became the CEO of the company, actually. And um, But I don't know that I've ever heard from them again. I have, um, I have a new approach, which I'll talk about as well later. But that was the moment, right? The moment of truth. And I believe that in that moment... Um, I failed myself, I failed them, and maybe I failed you in terms of who you might have, what you might have expected from me in the past. Um, I realize that now. Um, I realize <clears throat> that, you know, in my mind was this voice, right now I might call that voice the saboteur, saying to me, um, don't take this, don't take this lying down. Don't be one of those saps don't be one of those you know pushovers you know this whole passive aggressive american culture you're a south african damn it you're better than this show them that you mean business show them that you're not going to take their shit show them that you're going to fight and fight back um but it was the wrong decision for many reasons not the least of which was the lose the battle win the war and I'll talk about what I could have done 
also uh, shortly. But I guess, you know, in that moment, the biggest um, shortcoming and the mistake I made was, and you're probably thinking this, and if you are, then then congratulations, because you can see it, you can, you probably could see it a lot more clearer than I ever could, um, because you're, you know, you're, it's always easy when you're on the outside looking in, but it was the narcissistic approach. I made it all about me, or in this case, my judge, my saboteur was judging and, and, and made it all about me. Um, I took it personally. This was done to me. Why could they, why would they do that to me? How could they do that to me? Me of all people, me who has this connection with them, the South African Jewish connection, it's got to count for something, right? I mean, you know, it's like, it's like your alma mater or being part of the same church or everything that you had in common. I, and, and making it all about me as in I helped you get this job. What did I want from them? What did I really expect from them? I guess, and, and, and I, still stand, I still stand by this. I would love to hear any thoughts or pushback on this. I just feel like a heads up would have been nice. Even 20 minutes before, even 10 minutes before. This is just so you know, this is what's about to happen. Because I would have been able to control my emotions significantly better. Was that too much to ask? Now, I've thought about that, obviously replaying it in my head over the last 48 hours. Uh, maybe they weren't able to. Maybe there was a compliance officer. They were in you know, the, the financial business. There was probably some regulation. They probably had to be very careful about what they said and what they didn't say and how they said it. There was probably a process and a protocol, and they needed to follow that to the letter of the law. There was probably exposure. There was probably some degrees of um, <clears throat> we didn't want to get sued or 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 exposed or whatever. I still am not sure that I believe that. I'm still not sure that they couldn't have just figured out a way to have just given me that little bit of a heads up just so that I could have been slightly better prepared. I'm not talking about 24 hours. I'm talking about 24 minutes. So that's that's the part that I wish had been different. But otherwise, I mean, to think that it was about me, what were they doing? They were like, how how can we how can we destroy Jaffe? How can we minimize his earnout? Ah, how about we give him the business and then we take it away from him in the most you know humiliating fashion? That'll teach him. I mean, it's ridiculous that thought. So. All the thoughts and the voices and the negativity in my head, I made it about myself. And that was my cardinal error and mistake. I thought about what I could have done differently uh, over the last 48 hours. I definitely could have actually been able to empathize with them. Um, in fact, what I've just learned today, the five stages of the sage, right, are uh, empathy, Explore, innovate, um, navigate, and activate. But in this particular case, let's just talk about empathize. I could have just actually empathized with them. Yeah, totally. Uh, I can only under you know the 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 funny thing is there are a couple of moments like the are you familiar with the uh, Monday? I think it was Monday.com CEO who basically fires everyone on Zoom. And he said, um, you know, this is the second time I've, I've done this and the last time I cried. But he did it in such a, in a way that, that was devoid of empathy. He wasn't showing empathy. He, in fact, was making it all about him. Do you know how hard this is to fire all of you? Do you think that makes me feel good to have to do this on Zoom? You know, I wanted someone else to do it, but I stepped up to the plate. I showed what, how strong and courageous, what an awesome person I am. I fired you to your face on Zoom, <laughs> no less. That's not empathy at all. But the genuine anguish, in fact, 
for all the very reasons that upset me, enraged me, um, you know, uh, uh, triggered me. How could she do this to me? I helped her get a job. How could he do this to me? We go back. We come from the same community. We come from the same city. We know the same people. Our grandparents played bridge together, right? Especially because of those two reasons. Imagine how difficult it must have been for them. And the fact that they did show up in person in this case was the opposite of Monday.com. They weren't just doing it via email. They were like, we need to do this in person or we need to do this, you know, in like on a call. Now, could they have executed it slightly differently? Of course. But that day, their whole, their whole world, their whole lives have been turned upside down. They probably feared for their own jobs. They literally were going and, and, and calling multiple agencies, all with earnouts, all with you know, the possibility of firing people, all with broken promises. They just hired them all, and now they were being told to fire them all. What an awful, awful position to be in. I could have empathized, em, empathized with them, but really genuinely empathized. Not just placated them, not just, you know, gee, I'm, this must be really tough for you in your cushy, you know, corner office. No, but real empathy. Don't worry about us. We'll figure it out. We'll be okay. What I wish I'd done is actually been a friend. Maybe not in the call. First of all, I could have been such a role model to the people in the room. I could have shown them what the high road looks like. I could have shown them how to act with integrity and how to act with, you know, just just calmly. And when that phone went down, looked at everyone going, you know what, this happens. We'll get them, we'll get them next time. Who knows, maybe they'll come back for us in three months' time. Or maybe we'll end up working with a competitor. There's got to be a positive outcome here. But the most important role that I had at that point was to reassure the people that reported into me. Because no doubt they must have been scared. And no doubt seeing me lose my shit could not have been good for them either. So it fails on all counts. My first obligation was to my people, the people in the room. But then I could have just set up a call with both the CMO and this director of social media separately and just had a, hey, listen, can we have an off-the-record conversation? What happened? You know, if I had to put myself in their shoes, it's even if I want to be a little um, Machiavellian about it, I mean, odds are that they would have probably felt that they owed me something, that the next time they would have gone to bat for me. I probably didn't need, need, need to ask them that. They probably would have said, Joe, I promise you there will be another time. We will work together. Just consider this a, a minor blip. Consider this a minor um, kind of uh, obstacle or pothole in the road. So many possibilities. <clears throat> if I could zoom out or if I could look back now and say what would I have done differently. So many possibilities and I blew it. I blew it in the moment. Look, this was 2010, maybe. No, I don't even think it was 2011. 13 years ago, I was different 13 years ago. Hell, I was different 13 months ago. I was certainly different three and a half years ago. We all were different three and a half years ago. We're constantly changing. We're constantly evolving. If and only if we actually learn from what we've done in the past. It's not always about what we did wrong but it's perhaps what we could have done differently. Hindsight is 2020. We cannot change the past, but we can absolutely change what we do right here and right now and tomorrow and the day after that. So this moment, and in the moment, I burnt a bridge. And, and I was aware of it. I didn't, I didn't look back the next day going, what have I done? What did I do? What an idiot. What a moron. How could I do that? I've literally burnt a bridge. This person, as I said, went on to be the CEO of the company. 
There is no question that things would have worked out better for me in terms of that relationship had I been able to keep my emotions in check. And what I know now and what I've learned now is that the phrase don't burn bridges is the wrong phrase. It's actually, it's maybe the right sentiment, but it's the wrong everything else. Because when we say don't burn bridges, what we're basically saying is, you know, shut the F up. Don't say anything. Just take it on the chin. Live to find another day. We put ourselves in a position of weakness. But actually, don't burn bridges is strength. It's about resolve. It's about being able to understand and perceive a better day, a better outcome for us. We are winning when we don't burn bridges. We're not losing. And I think almost there's a stigma, at least in my mind there was. Maybe you don't see it, but I do. This idea that says, hey, people can wrong you and you don't get to do anything. You don't get to say anything. You don't get to push back. You just get to smile and, uh, and grin and bear it. I don't like that. But what I do like is the ability to rise up. The ability to, to as they say, be the bigger man in my case. But it's, it's not a zero-sum game. I think with empathy comes this ultimate benefit of a bridge that is not burnt, a bridge that is still functional, a bridge that can still be crossed by both parties into the future, even a bridge or a relationship that can be strengthened. I see that now. I've learned that now. And on so many levels, in a way, I'm grateful. So here's what I wanted to, the one thing I wanted to uh, share with you, which is, what could I do? What could I do differently now? I could reach out to both of them and, um, you know, I could share this, I could share this, uh, this recording. I will. Um, I could um, share an article that I put together, a LinkedIn article or a Substack. I could. Um, not naming names, never naming names. Um, ultimately, what I would ask for is their forgiveness. That's all. I wouldn't, and, and maybe, just maybe, their friendship again. Not, I, I, don't, I don't know where they work. I don't care where they work. I'm not interested in being hired. I'm not interested in them being a client. If they needed my help, I'd be there for them. I would take myself as the person that needs to account for my actions. I'm taking personal responsibility. I am the one who feels like I've got uh, repentance, if you will. It doesn't matter what they feel. I mean, in terms of whether they feel they'd meet me halfway or they're culpable or they feel bad or whatever. Um, I mean, that's their feelings. I can't, I can't expect them to act in any way. And I can't, um, I can only, I can't control them. I can only control myself. I can only influence myself. I can only, um, you know, focus on my own actions. And, and that's really what I'll do because I've grown. Um, and I'm sure they have too. Again, it's not pejorative, I think, if that's using the word in the right way at all. I just know what I have to do all these years later. And again, the reality is, it is they may have forgotten about it. <clears throat> they, you know, they, it may be a non-issue for them. They may themselves lack so much empathy that, that, that they don't care. Or they might be narcissistic and, and actually have, have in fact taken pleasure in that, that crazy, ridiculous, extreme, 
warped perspective of mine that they were like, hey, let's hire him and then let's fire him and then let's just kind of, you know, that that Jaffe persona, that bubble needs to be burst. He needs to be taken down a couple of pegs. He's too big for his boots. Even if that were true, it's still irrelevant because it's their feelings. It's it's, And I cannot control that. I cannot influence that at all. But I know it's not that, obviously. So I have to move. I have to step up. I have to begin to repair the bridge that I burnt. I burnt the bridge. Whether I was justified or not doesn't matter. The fact is the bridge was burnt. And if I want that bridge to be crossable again, I need to begin to repair it. They might at some point come and help me or maybe someone else might come and join me. But again, that can't be the expectation. That can't be the uh, the chess move here, the Jedi mind trick. This is not manipulative. This is about personal responsibility and looking at yourself in the mirror and being able to only focus on one single person and that is yourself. And that's kind of my position right now, which is to ask for forgiveness. You know, the funny thing is when you think about something like this, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on this too, which is they might look back and go, you know, honestly, like, yeah, at the time you were a complete ass. And you totally, totally overreacted. But we can understand, we can understand. I mean, you know, you were blindsided. We really wanted to tell you. We just, we, we literally had compliance officers in our room, in our office all morning. Like, it, like it absolutely killed us, crushed us that we had to, you know, that, that that's how it had to be done. But our hands were tied. But you know what? We forgave you a long time ago. I'm saying we because it's two individuals. But, you know, I forgave you a long time ago. It was water under the bridge. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I empathize with you too. I, I get it. I mean, you didn't react well, but, you know, you were a different person then and and you're a different person now. And, yeah, no worries. Let's go out for a drink. Um, it's all good. Maybe even, hey, by the way, have I got a great, a huge seven-figure contract for you? That could happen too. Everything could happen. But the point is, is that it's not about them either in this case. In this case, ironically, it is about me, as in my responsibility. What I mean by that, just to be clear, is the fact that they might have forgiven me nine years ago is irrelevant. I need to forgive myself. I need to ask for their forgiveness. Just the fact that they were like, yeah, whatever, you had a bad day, it's, it's cool. But it's not cool. It's not cool until I've been able to actually realize and take, you know, and, and, and uh, detach the trauma. And the trauma was, I mean, let's talk about the trauma for a moment. I mean, the trauma of every time we lose a contract, every time we lose a client, um, every time we lose money, it is traumatic, especially if we, you know, don't, don't bathe in dollar bills. If we don't have dollar bill trees outside. When last I checked, I don't have any of those. So yeah, it hurts. Financially, it hurts. Of course it hurts. But the real trauma here um, was what I realized now later in life, not that much later, but you know, later in life, um, was just how it was reaction, was very much the burning the bridge moment. And I guess my question to you today would be, is it ever, is there ever a scenario when it's okay, when it's not okay to burn a bridge? No. Is there ever a scenario when it's okay to burn a bridge? Is it ever justified to burn a bridge? To just, to walk away? We could also go down a whole rabbit hole of what does it mean to burn a bridge, right? I mean, you could, you could, 
bomb the thing, you could nuke the thing, you could sabotage the thing. You know, when you burn the bridge, are people dying or getting injured in the same in the process? Or can you just burn a bridge where no one gets injured, but there are repercussions and um you know certainly financial uh considerations absolutely i mean absolutely so but going back to the question is it ever okay to burn a bridge is it ever okay justified to say you know i am making sure that this path is not available for travel anymore for you or for me or for us we think about relationships this way is there ever a point of no return is there always salvation or redemption or second chances or are there some cases where it's just never going to happen I don't know. I mean, never say never, as the saying goes. Never say never. Um, but I'm also not sure that that's the right way to look at it. Why? Why would we look at the situation from an extreme, from the extreme negative? Why would we actually turn around and say, "Is there ever an occasion when it makes sense to burn a bridge? Isn't the corollary better, which is?" There's almost no occasion not to burn the bridge. You know what I mean? The, well, the opposite. Where you actually live your life and teach your, and, and teach your kids and, and the people that are reporting to you and say, you know what? There is almost, it is never, it is almost never justified. I think I'm like running into double negatives here, but it is almost, almost never justified. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm so confused to burn a bridge. And here's why. I think the and here's why is the important part. I, I still do not subscribe to the passive aggressiveness. I still do not subscribe to the idea of being bullied or tormented or abused or taken advantage of um, and then having to just suck it up. But I do believe in living to fight another day. I do believe in losing the war to uh, losing the battle to win the war or losing, you know, a round in a boxing match to win the entire bout on a on points. In some cases to use that analogy, you could be knocked down in the first round in the first 10 seconds of the match. Um whether it's a standing count or a, you know, or a or a count of 8, you could be knocked down in the first round and still go on to win the boxing match, to win the bout on points, even a split decision, but still to win it. Of course, you could go back to knock out your opponent in the first round as well, second round, or, you know, in the final round. There are lots of options there in terms of this idea of one step back to take two steps forward or a giant leap forward, where you actually realize in defeat sometimes or in that moment, is the invaluable learning that can literally... Wouldn't it be great if I was telling you a story today of how this person became the CEO and then ended up hiring my company with a seven-figure contract, a 10x contract? Wouldn't that be a better story? It might. There'd be no battle scars there. There'd be all the wisdom, but it might land differently, actually. You might be looking at that and go, well, that, you know, sounds like, sounds, sounds too good to be true. Sounds like a fairy tale. Well, that's great for you, Joe, but it's much more difficult, you know, for me or, or it's never worked out as well for me. Those feel good stories, um, I mean, yeah, for me, I would have loved to have been able to share that story to you, but I don't know that it might, I don't know that would have helped you as much as this story, and I don't know that it would have helped me as much as this story. In this case, it was a lesson that I had to learn 13 years later, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning. 
I'm still learning to be able to catch myself in the emotion and compartmentalize it. Not, not suppress it, not repress it, but just be able to manage it, not control it even. But it's very Tai Chi, be able to handle it, actually harness it. If we can harness our emotions, I think we become unstoppable. I think we become absolute, we become unplayable, as they say. You know, when you see a, uh, an athlete just having such an incredible game, you, you know, you say they're unplayable today. We are unplayable when we can harness our emotions. That's, that's when we become Jedi masters. That's the goal. And we may never get there. I may never get there. But that's the path that I'm on. Um, that's the path that I'm attempting to pursue. And for me, it just keeps coming back to going back into the past and just going, yep, there it was again, there it was again, there it was again, there it was again. But as recent as Sunday, I could have used that skill. I could have used that skill on Friday as well. Dealing with the American Airlines agent on Sunday. Simple as that. The reality is if they are going to go, if they would have gone to bat for me or my son, then what do they call it? Um, what's, what's the phrase about honey versus something like that? I mean, a different approach would have yielded much better reactions as opposed to the fire and the brimstone and the burning of the bridge. The, you've just lost a customer. How many times have we, I mean, I think I mentioned that yesterday. How many times have we said that? You've just lost a customer. They don't care. Why should they care? You think they should care. You want them to care. But they're on salary unless they're actually incentivized based on how many customers have quit on their on their watch? They don't care, and then and 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 you waste energy by expecting them to care, or wanting them to care, or saying if I ran the company they would care. No, they wouldn't. I mean, they'd care if you again incentivize them differently or if you pay them differently. But for the most part, that threat, that empty threat, is just that. It's an empty threat. So. In the emotion, what I, if I'd been able to harness my emotions, I would have immediately been able to focus on problem solving. Um, my goal was to communicate to them, if that were possible, um, the situation. With or without emotion. This is the situation. This is why I'm concerned. I'm concerned as a parent. He's stranded at the airport. He needs to show up for his first day in his new job. I'm, I'm worried. I feel a little bit responsible because I should have said to him, no, you need to be at the airport much earlier. And I guess the emotion was the guilt in feeling that I was responsible. But so much negativity associated with that, when in actual fact, really all I needed to do in that moment was figure out if I could help him. And of course, we should all do this today. I mean, you should all do this. Think about the moment. Think about the last moment. Let me give you some homework. Um, think about the last time that you burnt a bridge or that you 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 had a choice and you... and Think, think about these moments. By the way, if anyone wants to come up for the last 11 minutes, um, please raise your hand. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts, whether you're in Discord uh, or in, in Clubhouse. I'm going to bring you up, uh, Jamshul, um, if you indeed wanted to come up. Let's see if that worked. But just going back to this example, 
you know, with, with my son. The goal was to get him to Miami. The goal was for him to be able to show up on his first day of his new job. Amidst everything was the irony is I sent him a, a, I sent him a text, an American Airlines flight dropped 15,000 feet in like three minutes or something like that and stabilized. It wasn't his flight, um, but one of, the, one of the options was to reroute him through Charlotte and it was a flight in Charlotte. But more importantly, and thank God everyone was okay, more importantly, the goal, like the real goal was to get him there um, on his first day of his job. Is it possible that, that his employer would have found it in their hearts to have forgiven him? Is it possible that his employer would have said, you know what, these things happen. You got stranded at the airport. It happens. No worries. Hey, we appreciate you letting us know. You can make it up on your, you can work a double shift or, or someone will bring you up to speed. It's okay. When you slow down and you take your, mo- and you harness your emotions and you actually focus on your energy on being the most productive, not burning the bridge in this particular case, but being able to recognize that there are always solutions. And in his particular case, even if he had been fired, he would have been able to get another job because he has his health, he has his resources, he has me, um, and the better skill to teach is resilience, not losing your shit, not threatening American Airlines with, uh, you're going to lose a custody, do you know who I am? With all that, that, that unnecessary stuff. There is a reason why Athletes, superstars, rock stars are so clutch. There's a reason why they are as brilliant as they are. There's a reason why golfers are as amazing as they are. Because they weed out all the noise. They slow everything down. And they're able to, in the moment, be as calm as a Zen master would be. That's the goal here. That's the opposite of burning the bridge. That's actually being able to look into the future or go back into the past and begin to repair the bridge. Or imagine the bridge is is rebuilt. Focus, change, harness your energy. Move everything towards that moment of rebuilding. Of being forgiven. I don't know where these two people are. Um, and, and I hope they'll forgive me. They might laugh at me. I can't believe that you're still, that you, that you wasted an entire hour and countless how many hours on the weekend revisiting the situation. Hey, you had a wobble. It happens. We all do. You lost your shit. I mean, we all do. But you know what? Sometimes losing your shit can result in a road, a road rage accident. Sometimes it can actually have devastating repercussions. It's not okay to lose your shit. It's not okay to let your emotions get the better of you. It is okay to be emotional. It is okay to have empathy. It's even better to be able to harness your emotions. And so that's kind of my you know, conclusion today. Um, if anyone wants to pop up, there's a few more minutes left. Otherwise, we will. Um, I'll end maybe a minute early today because I have a, a call to jump on. Um, I feel at peace. I feel um, so much better to have articulated it. By the way, this in of itself is an exercise that I recommend. You know, for you, he has a little bit of coaching or, or you know, um, on the house today, which is. Your ability to, I've said this with respect to presentations as well, your ability to talk it out, whether you go to therapy or whether you are recording yourself or whether you're just sitting in the hot tub as I was just just talking out loud and recording myself. Um, In this particular case, I have to thank each and every one of you for giving me the opportunity 
and the space um, to to mend, not just mend the bridge, but actually mend myself in the process by being able to go and revisit and articulate and share. I, I, I had many of these thoughts on the weekend when I was thinking about it, but today I got to share it. And by sharing it with you, I'm one step closer to sharing it with them. In fact, I have the audio and the transcript um, as well to kind of, you know, to deliver that rawness. If they'll even listen to it, they might just, you know, have have blocked me or have a filter, uh, an anti-Jaffe juice filter. That's okay. That's okay. We live and we learn. Um, and I will never in my life uh, refer to the phrase, don't burn bridges, again, the same way. I will say, yes, never burn bridges, and here's why. I got the why part. Hopefully you got the why part today as well. And it begins with empathy. If you get to the point where you've exhausted all those options, and it just turns out that the person on the other end is just an SOB, you know, I'll, uh, I'll provide the grenade. We can put the TNT there. We can blow up that bridge. We can burn that bridge together. We can have a bonfire together. I'll bring the marshmallows. But until you get to that moment and that, that realization, which, by the way, maybe never and is going to take so much energy on your part, so much wasted time, so much anguish and pain, you're going to have to really, really be a stubborn, stubborn mule to get to that point where you've come to the realization that they just aren't, you know, that burning the bridge was in fact the right. And by the way, when you get to that moment, um, if you ever get to that moment, and I do not recommend you get there, um, just to top it off, the cherry on top would be that, see, I told you so, told you we should have burnt that bridge. I was right all the time. Yeah, but you know what? It's wasted. We can be right in many other ways. We can feel accomplished and actualized and proud and, you know, by there's so many other things we can do. We don't need to have to go down that path. That's the in case of emergency break loss. You know, that's got to be your, that's, that's, that's got to be your worst case scenario. So thank you for, I suppose I should have actually uh, brought this topic um, to Wednesday, to Wellness Wednesday. Maybe I'll do a little bit of a, of a swap, a swap out. Um, but I just, you know, it was on my mind and I wanted to share it. And so I appreciate you for listening and, um, and your lack of response in the chat uh, or doesn't mean anything, obviously. It, it maybe means that, as I've said to you many times, you're doing exactly what I asked you to do, um, which, is, which is don't feel like you need to work here uh, or keep me company. Uh, sometimes I do feel a little lonely. Sometimes I do need a bit of validation because I'm only human. Um, but learning to cope in silence and learning to cope with, uh, with solitude, solitary, um, you know, being alone, um, is is a beautiful gift if you can ever get there um, of just being your best friend but also your best companion, especially during tough times. So have an amazing day, everyone. Uh, I will do my best to try and get some. Um, I don't know. I mean, I want to get yesterday's LinkedIn uh, article and Substack article um, up. It was just such a momentous session. I think this one was as well. Um, so I'll probably work on those at some point during the week. Um, but yeah, have a great day and I will see you all uh, hopefully tomorrow, Wellness Wednesday or something else, uh, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, please bring a friend, uh, tell someone about it. Uh, Christopher said, I enjoy today's room. I will be more active in the future. Bez said, great learnings. And Rhonda said, it's called intense listening. Ooh, I love that. You see, right at the death you come with an absolute golden, golden statement. Intense listening. There you go. You just coined, you've just coined 
It's, it's not active listening. Hey, let's talk about that. That's going to be our subject tomorrow. Uh, not active listening, but intense listening as well. And actually, um, you know, even it comes back to this thought of this idea of like, a, like thinking hard, you know, like the ability for us to take all of these things like thinking, talking, listening, engaging, and adding a description, uh, it changes things um, big time. All right. Uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you, Rhonda. Appreciate it. See you all tomorrow. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.